I want to personally welcome you to the Dream Talk podcast with Algernon Hall. Dreams are the foundation of this world. Dreams matter. Our dreams matter. It's time for us to dream, believe, and make history. I'm ready. Are you? Let's take this journey. Man, what's good with you? This is Algernon Hall, a.k.a. the Dream Catcher, your dream coach, man. And I'm ecstatic. I'm excited. Man, we're back. We're going to new levels on this podcast. And, man, today I have the pleasure to have a good friend, um, a good man, and, and someone that, that is one of the most brilliant minds that, that I've met. I'm not just saying it. Um, he has great vision. He's a CEO of Club Card, a CEO of LoveTraveling.com. And also um, a CEO of A Pro Home Improvements, my man Jeff Jasner. What's up, bro? Good Thanks for you. good to see you, man. Good to see you, bro. Jeff, man, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been a it's been a while since we've been trying to to get together, get done. Yes. but we finally yes. finally made it happen. So, man, Jeff, man, today's topic is visionary. What do you see? Mm-hmm. And um, I think the first thing I want to do is like you have great vision. And it allows you to see and to create opportunities. Talk to me about vision. You know, Al, um, God wired each of us uniquely, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I wish he wired me that I could dunk a basketball, (laughs) but he didn't do that. Um, I wish he wired me that I could have been... Um, you know, a graduate of how, uh, of Harvard mm-hmm. or or you know a school like that, but that's not how he wired me. Right. Um, he did wire me to think beyond. Okay. So you know, you talk about vision. There's a clear distinction between vision and sight. Okay. Talk right? to me about the difference. The difference between vision and seeing something on sure, sight. Sure. So. You know, a blind person can have vision but may not have sight. Mm. Many people who have sight lack vision. So it's usually ego that gets in the way of that. Right. Right? So, so um, true. So true. So, you know, I don't have vision about a lot of things, but I do know that God did wire me with that characteristic. So, you know, vision, um, you know, you have to think that there's an expression that necessity is the mother of all invention, right? And I think of it slightly opposite. Right. Um, because what might be a necessity to one may not be to others. So I think that opportunity is the mother of all invention. Right. And you have to think about a number of things, Um, you know, critical mass, what's the product, what is the market, what's the market size, and does that product or service relate? Hmm. So, um, you know, I didn't make it to med school, I didn't make it to uh, the NBA, um, but he wired me to think, what is the way that I can greatly impact the most number of people. So whether it was, you know, going up and coaching those kids in Trenton High School about entrepreneurialism, um, or, you know, doing things with people from the church um, in in how can we spread love to the greatest number of people. Um, And at the same time, there's a business aptitude. So 
what I like to think of a vision is that if I use the way that God wired me, mm-hmm. um, how can I greatly impact with love people, regardless of what the business format is? So, um, you know, I was I was blessed to work for some magnificent companies. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. So, so talk about that, like. You know, and the reason why I'm interjecting is I want people to really understand the story and how how miraculous it is. Sure. So, sure. how does someone that never went to college, dropped out of college, actually dropped out of college, yeah. become an executive at a retail store, becomes a CEO, making almost a half million dollars at Century Twenty One. Not the CEO, the CEO. CEO. That's I thought. What I thought I said. Chief operating operator. Operator. Correct. But the point I'm trying to make. CEO. COO. The point I'm trying to make. How do you get there, and how does somebody go from there to starting three businesses and having so many great ideas? Yeah. So you know, it's a blessing. Um, I could tell you that uh, I was never a great student. Um, you know, I, I being confined into a classroom and confined to the rules and the process of how kids were taught back then was not appealing to me. Um, I felt imprisoned almost, that I had to learn a certain way, which wasn't the best way for me to learn, Um, that I had to conform to rules and, and the learning process. And so it was just not good. When I did go to college, um... I was so ready to get out in the world and make my mark that I felt even more confined in school. Mm. So it is often, and, and I'm not advocating that higher education is not important, but the world, the landscape of the world is constantly evolving. Yeah. And so I would tell you that trade today is equally as important as, you, you know, general collegiate curriculum and because the world is constantly modifying I saw a great billboard uh, when I was starting my first business um, on the New Jersey Turnpike it was an infinity car billboard and it's uh-huh. the caption was invent finesse and change as necessary uh-huh. so that's very important to an entrepreneur and especially a business owner it's often that An entrepreneur um, has been blessed with the seed of an idea. And so their role is to develop that idea, how to take that to market. And, and, you know, everybody thinks, you know, especially our youth, when you talk about entrepreneurialism with them, they automatically see cha-ching. You know, what is the, the pot at the other end of the rainbow? How much can I make? And if that is your mindset, you'll never be successful. Right. Um, you know, things take time, and and it's seed, time, harvest. and harvest, yeah. right? And I don't mean to be biblical, right? Um, but that does work in my life for me. Right. So if I follow those principles, uh, it makes me a better man, a better father. It makes me a better entrepreneur and a better business owner. And so back to that billboard, it's often that the inventor of an idea is so close to the idea, they lose sight and it impacts their vision. They can't see beyond. And so 
I've been blessed to realize that while I may not be the smartest guy in the room, to be a great, successful person, you surround yourself with brilliance. You, right. know, you ask, how did all of that happen? Dropped out of college in my second year. Went to work for a retailer, and it was a natural fit for me, at which point my career started to develop by hard work. And what was hard work? Be the best that you can be at that job to have an impact on the business, the people around, and that was a retail environment, so it was certainly for the consumer. I stayed with that company for 17 years and started as a salesperson for minimum wage back 100 years ago and left as the executive vice president of operations wow. for a regional retailer, which took me to another retailer. And then I got this job at Century 21 Department Stores. And that was a big blessing because that was a near billion dollar company. Right. Um, we had incredible success and a lot of growth. And in there, um, you know, the founder of that company was a guy who always said to me, don't ever be a robot. Right. <clears throat> Which related to the way that I believe that I was taught in school. Right. It was very robotic and very mechanical, and it was not unique to me, which I think held back my learning. I, I didn't learn the way that other kids learned. I, I, you know, I just didn't have that ability. And so what he meant was don't be a robot, is if you stick with the written policies. Right. You're you're robotic. You 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 know. Right. And and the written policies may not always be the right thing. Right. And so what is the right thing is to find the win win. You know, Stephen Covey was a a very influential author in my life. The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Right. And I highly recommend um, that your viewers at least look at those principles. And there's. I believe a fine line between those principles and and the word from God, you, you know, because those principles are so proactive about our lives and how we run our lives. So that's a great reading tool, just like right. the word is. And and so what this founder of that company was teaching me was you have to find the win-win. Right. And so the win-win in a in a retail environment or service environment is it can't just be a win for the company and a, and a loss for the consumer right. or a win for the company and a loss for the employee. There has to be a win-win. That's what relationships are. Right. I've also learned from that man, uh, amongst many others, that um, everything that we do in life is all about relationships. Mm -hmm. Regardless of what your product or your company or your service is about, you all have clients to service, customers to service, right. employees to service, partners to service. And so everything that we do is all about relationships. So if you build your relationships, you're destined to win. So, you know, work for that retailer for 17 years, go on to a much bigger company, became a COO, and I learned a tremendous amount in, in that, in that uh, company with a lot of responsibility. I also learned 
that I became a slave to the job. So while I'm thinking I had a very successful career um, that did a lot for my family, um, you know, while I was employed there, you know, we got to adopt a very unique, very special child as a baby. And, um, you know, vision and sight. Um, I always had the vision of being able to raise uh, a child. I never had the sight that that child would not have the same color skin as me. Um, People on the outside may not have the vision, but when they see the sight, you know, of a multicultural family or father and son, they may not all have the same reaction, but I can't be affected by that. You know, um, I, I... I pray that people accept it. I think that my the people within my circle certainly do, my church, my friends, my family, and so that's a blessing. Um, <clears throat> so towards the end of my career in that company, I got blessed with an idea. And, um, you know, it wasn't... So, so, so talk to me about the process. So, like, <clears throat> your vision, you said you were blessed with an idea... My question that I want to ask you is, how do you initiate a vision? So where does that vision come from for you? Is there a process? Is it just God speaking to you? Were you at a place where you said, you know what, this job is providing this for my family, but there's something more? What initiates vision for you? Yeah, so it certainly was not the money, because I was in a in a job that paid me more money than I ever believed. Yeah, that, yeah, that's, yeah, that's significant. It was a significant amount of money. Right. So it certainly was not about the money, although while I was in that job, it was all about the money. Mm. But one day, I just, you know, in the middle of the night, um, came up with this idea that was not related to the company that I was working for, but related to some of my accountabilities. Right. It was about consumer loyalty. And what I... Around the same time, a great book um, came out. Uh, Again, another suggested read is Outliers. Mm -hmm. Yep, Malcolm Gladwell. Malcolm Gladwell, an incredible author. And, you know, I know that you read it because we've talked about it before. So, you know, you provide 10,000 hours to an idea. Right. You become like an expert. Right. And so... This idea came, and I called, at that time, one of my closest friends, um, uh, Walt, mm-hmm. and said, you know, bro, I got an idea. I need, to, I need you to look at it and make it not work. So before I invested anything else, there was the raw seed of the idea. Right. <clears throat> he took the idea, and he whiteboarded that idea for days, days, and he couldn't make the idea work. So we took it to the next level who was an industry expert in the idea. Right. And she couldn't make it not work either. So we started to outlier the idea. And so Walt and I invested pretty close to 10,000 hours to make that idea not work. So now we are vested in this, and now we had to become invested in this. And what I realized is if you really believe in the idea... um, you have to go all in. And so we did. And so we started a company coming up on, um, this summer will be its 10th year anniversary. Wow. Wow. And um, now comes the, the problem of the chicken and the egg. 
So you have a product, a service. Now you need customers, clients. And um, as the brand new product on the market or business in the channel, um, you have to go out and drum it up. Right. And so one thing that, um, one characteristic that God did bless me with is I'm never afraid to knock on the door, pick up the phone and make the call. No, you're not. <laughs> and I remember Walt and I had a conversation about, you know, how are we going to get somebody like Macy's to participate in this program? So that's the next question. <laughs> you know, talk to me about how vision and communication work hand in hand. You got yeah. this, you got the great vision. You got the million dollar idea. You got the purpose. It's all laid out for you. How does vision and communication lay out to someone that, that has a great idea? It goes back to that win-win. You have to be willing and able to be able to communicate that to who else it's going to affect. There are, you know, I keep going back to, I didn't, never made it to the NBA and I never made it to Wharton. Um, but there are three characteristics that God did give me. Which Talk is ability, skill, and the most important one is will. Mm. So ability, skill, and will. If you have the ability to learn, that's all you need. If you have the ability to listen, if you have that ability, now skill. So, you know, while I may not have been born with certain skills, you learn skills. You have aptitude to learn. The third one is the most important. That will. Will. Drive. The will to see it through. The will to succeed. The will to communicate. The will to impact and invite others in. Um, you know, I remember the very first Sunday I took my son to church. You know, he was six years old. And we came out. It was our first church experience. You know, I, I was raised in a different faith. And so it was a brand new experience for he and I at the same time. And I remember we, we got in the car and, and I said to him, you know, I said, Danny, what did you think? And he said, uh, the most profound thing, and it still lives with me to this day, sitting in the back seat and he looks up and I remember sitting in my, looking in my rear view mirror watching him and he says, you know, Dad, all it takes is to have a willing heart. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. So there's that. There's that word will. Right. So if you are willing to, if you have an, a willing heart and you have the will to learn, the will to succeed, the will to acknowledge your own shortcomings, the will to, again, invite other people in, um, you know, you're bound to be successful. The, the, the greatest thing, so I go back to the basketball court and the, I never had those characteristics, but I always had the will. And what I learned in some of the jobs that I've worked on, uh, you know, the owner would come in and say, wow, that was the best grand opening we've ever had. Great <laughs> job, Jeff. It wasn't Jeff. I didn't go out and set the store up and build the store and, and come in on, I didn't come in on budget. I didn't come in on time. I didn't sell the stuff. But I hired the best people on mm. the team to do it. Right. So, you know, as, as entrepreneurs and business owners, we spin a lot of plates. The greatest thing that we could do is surround ourselves with as much brilliance 
to help us spin the plates. Now, when I say brilliance, it's not necessarily that 4.0, you know, GPA. You don't have to be that to be brilliant. Right. You know, you got to be willing to execute. So there's a another dynamic guy in my life who has been a coach for me. Um, you know, you hear me talk about Ken all the time. Right. You know, was an owner of a national retail chain, sold that, goes on to do leadership development for big Fortune 100 companies. And, um, you know, Ken has always taught me that strategy is everything. Mm-hmm. Now, if you go the next level to that, drill down the next level down, so while strategy does drive everything, you have to be able to separate strategy from execution mm. because they're two completely different right. things. So strategy is the vision. Strategy is the plan. Strategy is the product, the, the person, the place, the, the strategic, the, the competition, market value. In Love Traveling, um, we spend hours every week talking about strategy versus execution and the takeaway all the time is one is in planning and all of those other ingredients you know you can list 12 15 things on that column but the other is really about people if you don't have great people you'll never be able to execute whatever those strategies are right right so um, I've been blessed to have great people, and if I don't have them, I go out and I find them. They, right. You know, when we did the construction business down in Texas, um, we went down with two guys, but we wound up with 14. Hmm. How? You know, um, it's interesting now, vision and sight. Man, if you are if you are conformed to only judge by what looks like on the surface... You'll never be successful. So when we found talent in that business, we looked for the depth inside. Not We looked for the skills, not necessarily the cover. Mm-hmm. And if we were only looking first for the cover, we never would have been successful. Right. So, you know, I, I wish the world was different. Um, I do believe that we can change the world. I believe we are empowered to do it. Um, You know, Al, there's three kinds of people in the world. There are um, people who sit back and kind of watch things happen. There are people who rise up and make things happen. Hmm. And there are spectators. I'm never going to be a spectator. Um... I believe that I can help make things happen, um, not individually, but through resources of other people. And, and I do believe that our world deserves for more people to rise up and make things happen. So, you know, that's project number four, and that's the big one, City of a Million Lights. And I, I do think, like, the way that God blessed me with the other three businesses is all root to a greater purpose. And that's the other thing that's really important. So vision and sight. 
you know, vision is um, purposely living. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, sight is purposely living. Vision is living with purpose. Mm. So, <clears throat> you know, we purposely live, we purposely spend, we purposely earn, we purposely do. But all of those things aren't necessarily with purpose. So if we live our lives with purpose, um, I'll give you a great example. So yesterday morning driving here to work, I take the same route every day. And as I cross over the Walt Whitman Bridge and come down that loop onto Front Street to get onto right. 95, you know exactly, Correct. You know exactly mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. There's always a <clears throat> cluster of one or two homeless people right at that traffic light. Right. You know where, where I'm yep. talking about? You can visualize it. Mm-hmm. So it's usually a couple of older dudes. And, you know, Al, I, I can't help, but there's never a day that I pass without giving something. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even imagine being homeless, but there's a lot of homeless people. Right. And so I don't judge. Right. And so, you know, I, I try to give a little bit of money. Sometimes I'll bring a couple of donuts you know, that's equally as important. Yesterday, there was a woman there. I've never seen a woman homeless person. I'm not saying they don't exist, <clears throat> but I never saw them in that geographical right. uh, geographic area. And so I gave her a dollar bill. And I asked her, <clears throat> what is it that you need most? I was hoping she was going to say prayer, but she didn't. Um... But that makes it authentic, right? So she said, I need hygiene products. I need... Now, I'm sorry, but I've never even thought that way to see a homeless woman on the street who says, you don't know what it's like to not have, you know, we think a roof over our head, a bed to lie down in. And she's talking about the most basic things. Right. So, you know... I, I had that sight, but the vision was I connected with somebody yesterday who is very instrumental in our church, a woman who is right now putting together bags for homeless women with toiletries, and, and I'm going to be able to drop that off right. in the next 24 hours to this person. So, like, the vision was, I didn't just give her the money, but you got to follow up on how to be able to connect it to impact that person's life you know so while she didn't ask for prayer we prayed for her but we got bags being made up right now and tomorrow I'm going to be able to drop off bags to that person and that's that feels really good right that feels really really good I um I was looking at a um a video of uh Steve Furtick and T.D. Jakes and um, it was powerful. It was how to build your vision from the ground up. Mm. And it was really a talk with, with, um, with Bishop Jakes about, you know, um, about the book. And he was talking about entrepreneurs being problem solvers mm. and was really talking about, you know, people sit and, and they ask for they ask for a table, they ask for a chair. And he, what he was saying was, God never made a chair. God never made a table. He made he makes trees. People. So, no, he's given us the ability to think. 
mm. to look at the tree and I see a chair, I see a table, I see a house, I see sheetrock, I see a wastebasket, I see a, a, a statue. So that vision, you know, we, we got a lot of people that are unhappy in jobs, a lot of people that have sight, but maybe they don't know how to look at a particular situation to identify opportunities. Sometimes the visionary is not always the person that fits in. Mm. You want a great example? Sure. Jesus. Mm. So he was radical. He came at a time talking about things that people really didn't want to hear until they started to really listen. But wasn't he radical? The tax collector, right? The Romans, like, you know, he was radical. One God and, and, um, and, and love was radical in a very difficult time in, in human history. Um, I'll give you another great example. Um, Steve Jobs. So I read, I read a lot. Never enough, but I read a lot. One of my favorites quote. One of my favorite quotes. Can I read it to you? Because mm -hmm. I think it ties right into this. Sure, please. To Steve Jobs' quote, um, and I know it related to me in my youth, because I was a misfit in many areas of my life. Um, here it goes, Steve Jobs. Here's to the crazy ones, the misfits, mm -hmm. the rebels, the troublemakers, the round pegs in square holes, the ones who see things differently. They're not fond of rules. You can quote them, disagree with them, glorify them, or vilify them, but the one thing that you can't do is ignore them because they change things. They push the human race forward, and while some may see them as the crazy ones, we see them as genius because the ones who are crazy enough to think that they can change the world are the ones who do. Mm. So, you know, that was so powerful the first time that I read it. And, the, you know, I think about it, the misfits, the round pegs in square holes, um, you know, the troublemakers. You know, Jesus was a little bit of a troublemaker, wasn't mm -hmm, he? Mm -hmm. um, Steve Jobs himself was a little bit of a troublemaker. He, he was a very difficult guy to work for. But he was one of the best visionaries. You know, if you ever saw the movie about his life, just creating this, the, the monitor. Do you remember yeah. how it was based on the flower? Right. But they couldn't see what he saw. And wasn't it right? Because it's all built right into this one thing. Instead of conforming to the way that it was, it had to be in a box and it had to be separate this. And, and so I also think about those kids back in Trenton that we, that we you know, really tried to, to encourage about being an entrepreneur. And they were kids that were labeled rebels, troublemakers, you know, um, 
But when they got to hear that they could be part of change and change the world, and because they weren't born into this mold, doesn't make them any less. In right. fact, it could make them even greater. Right. You know, um, how uplifting was that to them? You remember, mm-hmm. you, you know, and, and we still speak to some of those kids. Right. And, and so, you know, I encourage anybody that has vision as a visionary instead of sight to peel back the onion. So, you know, I'm telling you that there was a time in my life that I was just so egotistical. And and I realized that um, at some point in my life, actually when I, when I came to God, that um, my ego was really the interference in everything that happened poorly in my life. When I turned all of that over, um, life really started to change. You know, Al, I made a lot of money at one point in my life and felt very empty. So we bought a lot of materialistic things from the outside looking in. We were whole, um, but we were empty at the same time. And so, you know, it's not always about the money it's about the deed, right. you, you know, and, um, and I'm, I'm encouraged. I've been blessed by some incredible people in my life, both as mentors and coaches. Um, you know, I, I have a pastor who has been incredibly influential in my life that has helped me in this transition um, realize that we're worthy and that you know, God did wire us a certain way. You you have to go, um, you have to go with the way that you're wired. There was a, a speaker that came to the church once. And if I have this story correct, I'm, I'm going to be pretty close. Um, that parent had a child who wound up getting a full scholarship to, uh, for athletic uh, an athletic scholarship and went on to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Do, do you know who I'm talking mm-hmm. about? And oh, he was a, a wrestler, right? Um, no, I thought it was a sprinter, or a, a, a runner. The mother in her youth did the same thing. She she was a, a runner. She set records, but not you know national records or state records, local records. And um, but her child actually got to go to the Olympics and. And um, I remember somebody asked her, like, are you jealous? Are you jealous that you didn't get to do it, but your child did? And I thought that was a little bit of an awkward question to ask a mother if they're jealous of their child. But it, it could be real. I'm not saying that doesn't exist. But the woman had the most profound answer. God didn't make me to be an Olympic athlete. She made me to be, a, he made me to be a mother to raise an Olympic athlete. Hmm. And that was pretty, pretty profound. So, you know, I know I can't be a doctor or a lawyer, but it's not the way that he wired me. Um, Now, maybe my son can be. So if I help coach, guide, mentor, father my son, uh, you know, he's a brilliant student. Um, And there's some entrepreneurialism in him as well. Um, I hate when he uses it on me. But, um, you know, so I just have to provide the environment along with his mom to uh, encourage him to 
be a visionary. Right. Um, and I, I think we're successfully doing that. I think right. we're successfully doing that. Right. So along the way, how many other people? Um, you know, he had a, a basketball game on, sad, on, on Monday, and we took a friend of his, and that friend is sitting in the back seat. We're driving to the game, and I really like this dude, his friend. You know, uh, lives in a difficult situation with his family, but my God, he's got such spirit. And um, he was talking about this 5K race uh, that he wants to register for, and his parents didn't have the money to help him register. And honestly, it was not a lot of money. Um, but I didn't want to judge the parents without hesitation. You know, Danny's like, my dad will give you the money to register. You're going to run that race. <laughs> and, and, and so I did. You, you know, it was a blessing to me that my son knew that that was exactly what I was thinking at that time. We're going to give that dude some money to run that race. Now, in conversation with that child on the way to the game and on the ride back, because he peeled open his life story to me, um, <clears throat> it wasn't coincidence that he was in my car that night. I walked away believing that I can help mentor this child. Never met him before, you know, that game. Um, I knew Danny talked about him a lot, uh, but it was the first time that we met, and um, it wasn't coincidental. That 13-year-old that kid inspired me that night, and so, you know, I, I, I can't stop thinking about it. So... I'm excited that we're going to get to help mentor him as well. Yeah, so, you know, you don't have to be a college grad to be a visionary. Gotcha. There are young visionaries. Um, you just have to know what to do with it. Gotcha. So this is going to be, we're going to wrap up. But i got one question for you. What's next for Jeff Jasner? Um, you know, it's interesting. I don't know, Al. Um, I could tell you... Um, Whatever God has in store. So what's next for me is to just be great at it um, and to um, try to impact a lot of people. There is a non-for-profit that I'm working on as a seed of an idea. Um, you know, I have uh, been working on this for now almost three three years. You've heard the story inside and out, you're probably tired of the story. Not at all. Um, <clears throat> and, I, and it is education related, it is community related, um, and, and it, it is a dynamic idea um, that has been birthed to me. Um, you know, I, in whatever your audience calls it, prayer, meditation, it was, it's my time with, with God, and in that time, you know, God really revealed something to me um, that I hope is useful in this as well. So, you know, I'm an idea guy. You know, whether it's an original idea or it's a widget, how can we improve the widget, make the widget, you know, I, I'm an idea guy. And... Um, you know, how many times have I called you at midnight? Bro, I got an idea. Like, can you, you know, and, and you know, 4 a.m., bro, I got an idea. That happens often mm -hmm. with us, right? Mm -hmm. um, um, 
you know, I encourage people to have a notepad and to write things down or, an, or a recorder and wake up in the middle of the night and record that idea. Um, um, I, I do think that this next idea um, is, is going to be not just what is next, but it, it is about what my purpose is. And, um, you know, to just touch on that, I, th I think that um, uh, I can help um, put together a great assortment of people to help change the world in the way that we view each other. Mm. So, you know, Al, um, you, you know, we're brothers. Absolutely. I even refer to your mom as mom. Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't matter what color skin we have, we're brothers, right? Mm -hmm. um, I do wish that the world would see our neighbors a little bit different, um, both locally, regionally, nationally, globally. Um, you know, one of the greatest commandments was to love thy neighbor as you love thyself. And um, I really do think that we can help um, the world in the way that we view neighbors. And, 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 you know, it's very simple. I remember my pastor said it once in, in, a, in a message on a Sunday. Uh, the series was Race and Reconciliation. And, you, you know, um, it, 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 is, it is sad that the 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 you know Martin Luther King even put it in when is there the most degree of of you know separation right. is at 11 a.m. on Sunday in church mm -hmm. right and that's where we're supposed to love thy neighbor you know and and you see it in church and and I remember this pastor said something really dynamic um, you know our biggest problem is that we lack the desire to view through somebody else's lens. Mm. You know, the whole Baltimore thing, you know, um, it, you know, somebody couldn't see it through their eyes and they couldn't see it. And I say there or, or, or there, it, there was a line that was, that was drawn and people did not desire to view through somebody else's lens. How will things ever change? if you lack the will. So I believe change starts with us as individuals, and um, I'm willing, are you? Yeah. So, so I'm willing to view through somebody else's lens so I can just get some framework of, you know, what your life experiences were. Um, but the world's got to change, and, and I, I really believe my purpose is going to, in some way, be involved in that change. And I, I wish that for my son as well. Um, so, you know, stay tuned, but we're working on it. Um, I don't know if it's still going to stay City of a Million Lights, but it, it definitely deals with education. Gotcha. And um, uh, instead of division, um, you know, I want to call it celebration. So we... We deserve to celebrate everybody's lives right. instead of protest everybody's right. lives, and and I, I we need this change. So. Definitely.
breaking down barriers. Cool, cool. So as we wrap up, man, I got three questions for you. Yes, sir. Two seconds, you got to respond. Oh, man. What's your favorite artist? Um, artist um, or? Musician. Oh, my. Uh, um, uh, I would probably have to tell you Eric Clapton. Okay. Favorite book? The Bible. Favorite hip-hop song? Mm. All time. Uh, I only got two seconds to answer that. Well, you you you, you, t- you a little bit more. Um Favorite rap song. Um, <laughs> you know, an entrepreneur would say, show me the money, right? right, right. Um, uh, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm stuck. Um, favorite rap song. Um, uh, man. I'm drawing a blank, bro. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Well, you heard it here, man, on the Dream Talk podcast, my man Jeff Jasner. Man, you gave us some great nuggets. Um, having vision to see what others don't. Ability, skill, will. I hope you're empowered. I hope you're inspired. Man, let's go get it in 2018. Jeff, thanks so much, man, for coming Love on the you, podcast. Love you. Tune in next time, next week. We're going to keep going to new levels on this podcast. See you when I see you. Peace. You've been listening to the Dream Talk Podcast with Algernon Hall. For more information, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to the Apple Podcast and subscribe, rate, and leave a review for this podcast. Be sure to come back next week and join me for the Dream Talk Podcast with Algernon Hall, where we dream, believe, and make history. Special thanks to Jubilee Children's Entertainment, LLC, for all of your character educational needs from pre-K to 12th grade. Also, uh, finaldraftdesign.com for graphic design and web development. Lovetraveling.com for luxury travel deals and airfare. And last but not least, Kayla Creator for marketing and great advertisement. This episode is produced, engineered, and recorded by Reggie Dupree of finaldraftdesign.com.